Hey. No live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and catadids are supposed by some to dream. Hill House, not sane, stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. It had stood for eighty years, and might stand for eighty more. Within, walls continued upright, bricks met neatly, floors were firm, and doors were sensibly shut. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House, and whatever walked there, walked alone. Welcome to Halloween, everybody. That is the opening of The Haunting of Hill House, a great uh, novel by uh, Shirley Jackson, a fantastic American novelist, uh, Shirley Jackson. Miss Jackson, if you nasty. (laughs) But uh, God damn, that's a good that's a you great like paragraph. That. That's, That's not a bad. Opening paragraph to the book tells yeah. you what you need to know, gets you right wow. into A and Z. Establishing the move. Ooh, yeah. Welcome Very to Halloween, good. fuckers. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy or, Halloween. Or miserable Halloween. Oh. Mm-hmm. Happy Saint Saint uh, Witch's Vagina Day or whatever the fuck you your solstice thingy. Congratulations on that. But we're here, Halloween, all about the frightening folks. That's right. So and our movies are not to be. Uh, yeah, there's frightening. Not so, to be ignored. What were we going for? Then? I don't know. I don't know. Not to be not afraid of. Sounds like you were afraid so, of language there. For wow. A <laughs> looks like it was afraid of me for moments, and I apologize. <laughs> no problem. All right. Yeah. Happy Halloween, everyone. Mine's better. Shut up. <laughs> not bad. All right. Someone, you just someone ran into a telephone pole listening to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the last thought, the, the last sound they heard was laughter. So that's from the haunting. So, so do you want to? So we usually go in a, a particular sort of chronological order, but but um, I'm going to break out a little bit yeah, on this one here. So you want to start with 1963? <laughs> 1963 is the haunting, the haunting, based on the haunting of Hill House, the Shirley Jackson novel. Yep, fair enough. Um, the movie. Um, Takes some liberties with that particular opening line. In fact, it opens and closes yeah. on that opening paragraph, yeah. having, as I said, taken a, a few liberties in between, actually, mm-hmm. uh, with the concept. But uh, yes, it's a classic, classic movie about a haunted house and yeah. uh, the guy who wants to study the haunted house. Um, yeah, the paranormal activity, the, right. sci- the scientifically minded observer. The ghost the hunter before that became a reality yep. show. Sure. What in the fuck? Yeah. Starring uh, Miss uh, Julie Harris. Julie Harris. And also Claire Bloom, who I thought was really gorgeous. She was really good. Yeah. She was beautiful. But yeah. Julie Harris, I love that. As an actress, she is uh, the, the, She is one of those... Uh, she, she, there's a... There's a flutteriness to her. There's a, there's a weakness of spirit in her. That that she brings to a lot to her a lot of her roles that I've always really enjoyed. She's mostly a stage actress, really. Yeah, you know I can think what? of her from Requiem for a Heavyweight and right. this movie here, and that's really about it. And she brings the same sort of quality to both. She's a bit to me. She's the poor man's, and by poor man, that only means I don't like her as much. Uh, Susan Strasberg. Okay, you remember from Picnic, the younger sister. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. Okay, uh, and it's that sort of like um, these women who have like. Um, uh, bones of a bird, yeah, but, a, but don't pull off what Audrey Hepburn does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, yeah. They're, it doesn't look stately. It looks, mm-hmm. it looks, just uh, fragile, they're fragile, like lucid skin. Yes, <laughs> lucite skin. I think. 
I th- felt that the skin was speaking Talking clearly and concisely, so it was lucid, Tom. Don't was, correct wow, me. what a horror movie we're watching now. <laughs> Shit. So, yeah, so the premises, there's a few premises. I mean, it seems to me that anytime you have a, a haunted house film, you have to have people, at least one protagonist coming to it, who's been kind of burned by life or humanity. And there's right, no different or, here. Or who is who is who is vulnerable. There's no way of that's not having it. That's, yeah, that's right. the classic of that's course. the classic trope of any haunted house movie and oh. or book mm-hmm. is the person uh, who is uh, who is somehow vulnerable to the influences of the establishment. They need that for that to be there, otherwise there's no real horror. And, there's just a bunch of scientific dickheads going, Oh, this yeah. place is weird, huh? And in this case, needy of those around her and, and I think that's that the effort there is to sort of show that when she's needy or dependent on those stronger around her and they themselves are frightened, then you're really in trouble. Right, right. And there's a certain sense to which like this, uh, she is so particularly vulnerable yeah. that it almost looks a little tortured that she fucking be there in the first place. Okay. She's there. Okay, there, there are, okay, there's the doctor. Okay, he's the one who's studying it. This yeah. is his fascination, his lifelong well, thing. Well, it starts off with this sort of like uh, prologue to like the history of the house. The history of the house, correct. Which is that, this, that it was built for a woman who's who's... And it shows her in her carriage in the 19th century coming up. And right. something, okay. I forget, spooks. A rich guy builds this house for yeah. his wife. His wife is coming to arrive at the house, newly finished. Yeah. Something She's spooks the finished. horse. Yeah. Uh, she gets finished in yeah. a hurry uh, yeah. by, by running into a tree. You're the done, tree Brad. You're done. I'm branching out. Uh, well, <laughs> truncating your life. Wow. <laughs> That is a this ring is, of this is no it. roots, my friend. What? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, this flowered poorly. Contadii. Anyway, so she. Oh, <laughs> contadii. Oh, that was the worst Ooh, pun I've ever. I don't made. even know what that's a pun Con- of. Contadii. The, oh, the roots. No. <laughs> no. Sorry, everyone. Oh. I apologize. <laughs> Chicken dead, George. What in the fuck is wrong with you? Oh my God! This okay. turned into a horror show. I'm of a sorry. Different thing. It was a bad one. Oof. I went Anyways. down flames on that one. I uh, anyway, so uh, so so the original wife, uh, she died. Leave me alone. Uh, the uh, the husband takes their child, uh, raises her in this this wretched nineteenth yes. century. Yeah. You know, Thurston. Uh, you know, like some some Thornfield Hall bullshit. Yeah. Uh, where she's raised to fear God and her and her vagina or something like that. Sure. Uh, he dies, leaving it to her. She never moves out of her nursery, which whole... has "Honor Thy Mother, Father, and Mother" like painted above the fucking doorway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, like she it's... becomes an old woman. It shows her going through the years, and she's had this sort of succession of everything gothic that is creepy is yes. in this fucking is 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 it's referred to almost. It's not like shown necessarily, except when it is. It's fucking weird. Well, it's, man. it's like you got the mother dies at the tree. Yeah. The father dies and leaves her there. She becomes an old woman and she dies calling for help from her sort of like her, I guess before they had her Filipino help. <laughs> <laughs> before Filipino ladies had taken over yes. the industry. Right. Her old lady uh, her old lady help. Um, yeah. and then that woman uh inherited the the wretched house uh and, and ultimately in loneliness and fear she hangs herself. Oh, that's uh, right. The, you mean the caregiver? The caregiver hangs yeah. herself above the staircase. Yeah, with well, this awesomely yeah. weird staircase. Creepy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, the staircase from if you remember the kitchen in Different Strokes. Uh, the world don't move to the beat of just one. Please shut the fuck also, up. Also, a show. By shut the way, shut up. Also, You're ruining that... the vibe of this fucking show. <laughs> Woo, you cocksucker. What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Crack cocaine, Willis. <laughs> Ooh, I thought that that show was cursed too. I thought it fit right in. You're a monster. <laughs> Go fuck. Mm, tell more story mm, about fire, fire. Okay, okay, so so there's an opportunity 
for people to meet. It's one of those classic, like almost Agatha Christie type. Twelve people meet in the right, house, yeah, like my invitation. Yeah. So, so well, I it, it seems a little torture that he managed yeah. to get his two uh, his assistants to come along, and these basically yeah. are based on the fact that uh, the one of them, uh, the cute one, what's her name again? Claire Bloom. Claire Bloom. Yeah. Uh, she has uh, she has noted psychic abilities. Yes, and uh, our crazy one had been uh, a member of uh, had been like a. Well, Poltergeist activity had occurred at her house when she was younger. Who? Uh, Julie Harris? Julie Harris, yeah. Oh, I, I sort of missed that. I, I didn't it, know it why was she easy, was invited, frankly. It, that's the only reason she was invited. She's, she leaving, had, she's leaving a house that she fucking hates because she, she watched her mother and took care of her own mother. Right. A parallel. All the way. All the way. Well, yeah, and the fact that she she was off, uh, I don't know, like, like, like masturbating with a spoon, a wooden spoon somewhere, mm-hmm. while her mother also Spoon-a-bating, died Nicole, looking for... Yeah. That's what, that's yeah. what they call that. Yeah, job. fork off, buddy. Keep so going. They, go to, <laughs> <laughs> they meet the scientist. And also, by the way. Every once in a while, Joe and I play joke chicken. The like great nephew or some sort of bing bazzy booze, uh, Sinatra-esque, uh, uh, barely right. out of high school, yeah, right. wing daddy booba, who's like an inheritor of the house. Right. So that's he's why he's set there. to inherit the house next. And his, hey, what's going his on His matronly aunt wants him to go, to go spend the weekend in a fucking haunted. <laughs> oh, it never makes sense why no. these people are there, except okay. the one guy. And he Fair just enough. drags these other people in there and they're there. Because if they're not, it's going to be like a really fucking boring movie. Boom. Yeah. That being said. Yes. There's some really interesting things going on with just the set design in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the the uh, the set design was was set to be claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the it's by tricks of camera, but not really by like they actually made the walls meet at weird angles in this thing. So the, there was a lot degrees. of Hollywood. There was a lot of weird, you no, know, like ninety two degrees or something like that. Angles, you know, yeah. A lot of a lot of weird sort of Hollywood magic. Yeah. You know, fucking with sight lines and angles mm-hmm. and things like that to add. A certain weirdness to this house, and there yeah. is there is a feeling of that throughout the movie. I think they capture it really, really well. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, they go in there. They spend uh, they spend their first night in the uh, the haunted house. Mm-hmm. The two girls are in separate bedrooms at first. Oh, but it gets better uh, because they're terrorized by this by this incredible banging noise, which the other two, the two males, cannot hear. They're like, "Hey, they, someone's banging in there! Bang, what bang, the bang! What's happening?" God damn I mean, they don't it. say that. Oh, the hell. They're but, thinking it, obviously. Well, we were. Yep. And uh, so the girls uh, huddle in bed together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's and then, um, so there's that. There's that thing. And then the next day, uh, they all get up and have breakfast and don't immediately fucking get out of this creepy place. Right, as they should. <laughs> yeah. just, well, you ought. Yeah. Uh, they take a little tour. They see some more of the, mm-hmm. talk about the statue, this weird statue that uh, oh, right. there's no telling what that thing's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and, and the next night, they're further terrorized. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's a pretty simple movie. Yeah. Um, in that, of course, at the end, there, the Julie Harris gets terrorized rather uh, severely, t- very, very severely yeah. to to her grand detriment. Yeah, Ooh, well, God, but, fucking shoot me. No, no, she's she's terrorized severely to her grand detriment. Uh, honestly, Tom, normally I would sort of ding you on the arrogance of that phrasing, but it actually turned out pretty well. It was yeah. elegant. But that being the case, I think uh, this Fuck movie this. is a great. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's a great visual and audio journey through this house and some really mm. crazy stuff like yeah. you know the haunting comes out in, in various audio formats mm-hmm. uh voices coming through walls mm. uh this one wall that looks like it has a little mouth and two eyes it is Just, a little um i will say ahead of its time in terms of like the sort of um the jelly belliness of the walls and the door 
It's very sort of Disney-esque in that sense. No, there's some of that quality going yeah, on, I like for it. sure. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the place is creepy and atmospheric. Mm-hmm. It has atmosphere. It's like your apartment. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the, atmosphere, the atmosphere doesn't come from like a, like some socks and some cartoon lines coming up from them uh, in a corner. <laughs> stick lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little pig pen lines. Yeah. Uh, Tommy sock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm stretched out of shape. Um, wow, did you just call my feet fat? Fuck you. Yeah, I mean, they are, but that's somewhere. That's rude. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, I dig this movie. Mm. I really do. I think it's mm. great. I think it's an excellent movie. This movie, uh, I thought had great promise, but about half an hour into the end, it was so extraordinarily boring. I could not believe how unexciting and unscary this, it was like a waste of a good premise. Okay, wow, that's interesting. I actually, I didn't hate this movie, but it's mm-hmm. almost like I couldn't get enough energy and up enough to hate it. Uh. Um, and so it's just sort of like a, like a good premise could have gone well, somewhere. Like, even like the nice ending, like the, the poetic even, end. And... I didn't think that was amazing. I didn't think it was scary. Um, I actually thought it was creepy to begin with. And it's almost as soon as they actually entered the house, it became none of those things for me. Hmm, none okay. of those things at all. But. Wow. I don't know what it was. I think Julie Harris, it's sort of like, I think her frailty was overly frail. It got a little cartoonish at points. It, it kind of reminded cartoonish. me, it reminded me of, of some people, I, and, of a person I know, actually. Right and Zeebzop the Zoobop Chat also just ruined every scene for me that he was in. <sighs> hey, ladies, what's he was happening? Kind of a gash, yeah. Oh, look, I have a saxophone here. <laughs> it's like, what? For the some fuck? reason. I don't even play it. I just have it. Yeah, honestly. I think the and only, leather gloves. The only sort of scene that brought me back was when the, the, the psychic scientist observer, whatever, his wife came and uh-huh. she sort of went through a little stuff that I don't necessarily want to talk about, but it was like, it's, it's sort of like got charged with promise again Mm -hmm. but um but actually i was expecting so much in the first 20 minutes i was really getting amped up and Mm -hmm. really like this is going to be a fucking interesting film and i haven't seen the remake from 1999 but i'm almost guaranteeing it's better I, I don't, you know, and I rarely. I think I haven't. I don't think it is. Okay, well, okay. I, but I rarely, I rarely suspect that mm. of a remake, you know. Okay. But it's just something about it. Just was like, I don't know. It just well, wasn't. I don't know. And it could have been I wasn't in the mood. I'm going to sort of give that disclaimer. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood. But it just didn't get me, get me at all. Well, dude, I'm not going to say that you're wrong. I'm going to yeah. say that you are the mayor of wrong from Wrongville. Yep. Um, about Earl. this, but uh, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Yeah. And fair furthermore, I think we should agree that I'm right. You're wrong. Uh, but that. okay, I see what you did there. All right, wait a minute. I thought it was an Abbott Costello yeah, movie. Hey, sucker! <laughs> Who's on first? You're wrong on second. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're someone nah. who is like a cinephile, I think that just for the fact that it's based on something Shirley Jackson did, mm. and she is an amazing writer, and just for the sense of knowing about it, like I'm, I'm happy I watched it just to sort of know about it, right? But I, I just wasn't pleased by it, and I was, I was so willing to be. I think part of the problem of it, and I, and I can see this as being something maybe of a stumbling block, which is yeah. it takes a concept of pure horror and turns it very, it, it gets a little pedestrian in that it becomes basically just a manifestation of neuroses. Wow. Wow. That was that pre- no, it was pretty good. Yeah. You're kind of on fire tonight. Either I'm tired and I'm not recognizing what an ass you are, or actually you're saying some things that are pretty smart. I think it's just that you're uh, you're, mm-hmm. you're not quite tired enough. I think it's what's going that on. That might yeah. be it. That might be it. Right. Okay, so it's a little bit of a split decision on The Haunting. Right. You tell me where you want to go next. We have, oh, we have a few shoot. films to deal with tonight. Um, 
Well, well, let's talk about your true. let's talk about your little black and white choice here, my All friend. Right. Well, let's let's uh, we're, we're talking about a French film here. We're talking about 1960s. Sacre bleu. <laughs> Eyes without a Zutalo. <laughs> we are bringing the French Starring eyes. No eyes sans face with sans eyes. Mm, sans <laughs> eyes. Instead, the little uh, hard boiled ham balls. Right. Okay. So run me through it. Okay. So essentially, the premise is this. Not so fast. It's <laughs> <laughs> another fan joke. You, you made it, buddy. Yeah. Um, the premise is that there is a famous doctor, a surgeon. Who is responsible for uh, a car accident in which his daughter's face was burned off? <laughs> so we start there. Yeah. He's got this fantastic. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. Get in my belly. Oh, no. So he's got this fantastic. He's got this fantastic fame. Frog cheeks. But he's also because <laughs> she's French. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's got this fantastic sort of castle-like house that has like a sort of laboratory. And and, somehow a doctor gets. <laughs> and for some reason, like uh, for no real known reason, a basement full of like vicious dogs kenneled up making dog noises. <laughs> I gather, because I had to do a yeah. little bit of research on this movie, I gather he does like tests. He's like, yeah. like very... no, nah, it's not for no reason, but still it's just sort of like ads. He's got way right. too many dogs and they're all, yeah. they're all different. They're like sort of tragically different. It doesn't look. Yeah. At all scientific. And um, he has a secretary or an assistant who is so fucking loyal to him that she'll do anything because she was in an accident and her face was disfigured and he reconstructed her face and made her and women, beautiful again. And women be looking pretty. Yep. So. Um, <laughs> be loyal to men who be making them look pretty. The, the assistant spends her off time. When she's not sort of listening to the dictaphone and, and transcribing the doctor's <laughs> medical notes. <laughs> notes. <laughs> um, driving around Paris looking for beautiful young women who I guess have the same face size as the doctor's daughter so that she can lure them back. And I, I sort of have to think that the human centipede was inspired a little bit by this movie. I can see that. Back to the doctor's lair to sort of under the auspices of he has a room to rent or a mm-hmm. job for you or something. Knock these women Some out. Some whore money. Bring it on. <laughs> and the doctor removes their faces. And tries to plant them on the daughters. And I have to say this. It is a little bit, I'm holding up air quotes here, I'm really not, but ahead of its time in the sense that, like, it's black and white and a little bit gruesome for 1960. Right. You know, I mean, people thought Psycho was, like, probably, like, making people pass out. But this film had to really... The very graphic scene of him lifting a face off of one person. Yes. That right there qualifies it in that sense. And also his um, the, the one sort of shot of, of the soon-to-be victim sort of tied up before she gets her face removed. And the daughter, without the face, Shocks looking up. at her. Right. Um, and the daughter sort of, like... You know, hating her life because she has no face. That the that, that and she's responsible for him. these murders and things. You that, know, that she's somewhat responsible. The father feels guilty for having done it. He has to fix her face. Only he can do it. And then the problem being that when he he keeps replacing these faces, they don't take. Yeah, so the, her, she keeps her face keeps rejecting. We're like not not ugly enough. Next, uh, yeah. So meanwhile, they have to dump we're a faceless come, body somewhere. <laughs> well, here's one. I, there's the one girl yeah. like right in the middle. Like there's a big there's an opening one where they're yeah. getting rid of a body. Sure. We then know that that's what happened to 
that one. Yeah. Blah, blah. There's the middle one. Her name that is one. Edna. She's fucking beautiful, man. I got a yeah. crush on that girl. Yeah. Um, well, they, for a while. they remove her I lost face. My crush. <laughs> after a while. I don't know about Something that. Something happened. I still nailed it. Oh, I gotcha. Anyways, yeah. uh, so, the, so they, they leave her in a room with a bandage on her face and she commits suicide. Like, why they didn't just kill her when she was under? I have no fucking. What are yeah. they going to do? Like, hey, uh, thanks. Uh, yeah. Here's some bus fare. <laughs> no, uh, they're going to kill her. They, well, they give to. her a card and they punch one of the five holes to say on your fifth <laughs> on your fifth visit, face removal you get a, a new we're gonna face. put we're gonna put john travolta's face on <laughs> hey, there what i'm very face arena god damn it that's a reference to <laughs> a movie joe's daughter. never seen called uh the face off okay anyways oh no i was thinking oh oh i was going for welcome back yeah i know you were sorry that's all you know of john face travolta. Off, i'm sorry no no i know face off oh, face yeah. off a terrible movie it's a great terrible yeah. Okay. Anyway. But this isn't, I mean, it's not, other than the faces being removed, this has no resemblance to face up, really, in that sense. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Um, and so the doctor, the father is like cr- sort of creepily, like, s- like he's very subtle, this actor, and yet beneath the surface is that sort of boiling guilt. He, I think he's a, a good actor. Really? I thought so. Okay. Um, and I thought the film was like, it's a different type of black and white, it's a very sort of silky, darker black and white. Um, I saw a really good print, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I just found it like, there are movies, like that's the thing about Halloween, our Halloween special. There are movies that like scare the shit out of you. And then there are movies that are creepy. And then there are movies that are sort of torturous. And this tends toward the creepy and torturous for me, which is the movies that scare me the most. Really? I'm most scared by like Texas Chainsaw type movies where like you're, or like Saw. Those scare me more than any movie. It's like someone's going to do something to you, mm. and they and they have zero concern for your pleas for help, to the point where they're not even like mean. They're just right. going about their business. Right. You're an object. Yeah, and so you're reduced to an object who's going to be disfigured. I have that best. sort of like bias or proclivity mm. toward sort of these movies anyway. So I think that's why I was kind of taken by this movie. I found it to be really creepy, not scary in the traditional sense, but it's sort of like a movie I'd watch. If I were watching a week's worth of Halloween movies leading up to Halloween, mm-hmm. on day two, I'd watch this one. Huh. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, on the other hand, I'm going to take a little bit of pleasure, but that's not why I'm doing it. A little bit. And go, I, I don't already. really care for this movie. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, the You're only the, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> the part where they were like viscerally removing, I mean, there's some, there's that visceral moment where they're yeah. removing the one woman's face and the part where like before she had gone under, yeah. she'd seen the daughter's face. It just kind of flashed out. Mm-hmm. Those were the only truly scary things. I mean, they were in a graveyard yeah. that was lit like fucking Piccadilly Circus or something. Like, I'm not sure why I picked British yeah. landmark for that but it was like there was there were there were i think part of the problem i had with this movie yeah. has to do with what you were talking about with with the, the black and white and the filmography of this thing there was no it was so clean that there was no room for any kind of atmospherics to go on so they're in they're in a they're in a they're yeah. in a graveyard at night and there was zero creepy about that graveyard. But it but it wasn't and I wasn't looking for a graveyard to be like like spooky ghost. But graveyards jump out. are scoop but can be spooky but and they like should be given that opportunity. I like about this film that it doesn't go for the obvious. What's creepy about it is this relationship between the father and the daughter and him him always trying to fix and that she can't be fixed. She'd rather die actually than what he's trying to do to help her. Mm-hmm. And all these sort of helpless victims. In the meantime, now I agree with you. The pluralization was annoying in this movie. They kept saying we, we. Uh, speaking of which, can we, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> I need to take a pee that's going to last for about three months. Are you really? No, fuck you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you, 
really <laughs> put this fuck make me watch this fucking movie for that joke. Oh right no there. no no! It was just the. Bonus. I'm pretty sure <laughs> you. No no. I, love, I really enjoyed this movie. You I found it creepy. Of cock. It is okay. creepier than your bathroom. It oh. was really very creepy. Nah, I, I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was incredibly French. Like oh, it's big <laughs> existential. <laughs> you know what's funny? Let me, let me put on my Sartre fucking jacket and 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 pipe. So far, I have thing. to say this. I thought this would be the most congenial of all of our shows because it's kind of a holiday-based, like, let's get scared. Yeah, but it's, so far, it's Halloween. It's, <laughs> it's total Siskel and Ebert time. Look, we're not on the same page in these movies. Yes, I know. Mm. Well, but we shall soon see. Oh, yes. We shall. So let's go we back. We shall. Let's go back in time to 1941. Well, I was just exercising. I don't know what you were doing. I was just lululuing. Just making some noise. Uh, you should have skipped to your lululuing. <laughs> oh, God. I don't like puns, Tom. Oh, uh, no, you uh, don't. Oui. <laughs> 1941's <laughs> The Wolfman. This was Tom's choice. Uh, this was the Haunting Tom's and this choice. one were Tom's choice. And mm-hmm. 1941's The Wolfman, which which really sort of brought together a cavalcade of uh, like 1930s to 1940s horror actors. Right? Yeah. So we're talking Bella Lugosi, Claude Rains. Claude Rains. Lon Chaney. Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah. I mean, those are the only three I know, actually. Yeah, but, really. But the three of them together. Have you ever seen, by the way, um, Claude Rains' The Invisible Man? Oh, years ago. It's Long actually, time ago. For being like 1934 or something, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. 1935, I'm not sure. But it, but it's, it's Claude Rains, it's, it's, I know him first through like Casablanca and yeah. um, what's the, not Notorious. What, yeah, Notorious. Notorious, yeah. Um, now Voyager. Like really good yeah, dramatic yeah, yeah. films. And so it's, it was a nice surprise. You forgot that back. he had a lot of rent to pay too. <laughs> like, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't always in great films. So this so he, is. He was part of the, he was definitely part of, as you said, this was, yeah. was the, with the. Uh, the um, golden age. The golden age of. This particular horror grouping, yep. you know, yeah. the Wolfman, well, it's also, Frankenstein, let's, let's take Dracula. On, on, um, um, I'm forgetting his name, um, uh, Jules Verne. You know, that's Invisible Man, right? Jules Verne. Was that Jules Verne? It, well, that type of like, you H, know, was that? No, that was H.G. Wells. Let's take on early literature yeah. and try to move it like, like Frankenstein, like Dracula, right, like, right, right. Make it know, the Invisible Man. Bring it into the horror world here. Yeah. So I don't know the story. I don't know anything about the Wolfman other than movies I've seen of the Wolfman. I don't know anything about. Is I think it, that's is it really all it comes from. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I have no okay. zero idea of that. And if it did, it's unlike the others in that it's not famous. Creatures so, of the Black Lagoon, I don't think is all. So stuff. whatever I like or dislike, or you dislike or like about the Wolfman, we don't have to say like, well, they're dealing with this novel. That that we know about okay, so right. it's completely free of that. Okay, now here, I'll let me let me make this admission here. Please, I added this to my list from purely nostalgic reasons. Okay, like going through. Okay, let's what what, what movies do I want to talk about in a Halloween context? Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, there was Saturday mornings. Uh, Saturday, you would watch. Uh, you know, movies on Channel 44, and it would be like this or that, and sometimes it'd be Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. And every once in a while, they'd show like a movie, and it'd be like a horror movie. And mm-hmm. I, this is when I remember first seeing The Wolfman, the uh, original Wolfman with Lon Chaney Jr. Do you remember Creature Feature? Fuck yeah, Saturday Nights. Saturday oh nights. my god, dude, Date, that was Saturday Dateless Nights. <laughs> oh, I was. I, they were ten, so I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna let myself off the hook with that one. But but you we also did you? No, I wish. Now, did you guys have? Um, we had Creature Features, but that was a very common thing across the country. Yeah. Did you have uh, the same host? A guy named Bob Wilkins. I think so. Bob Wilkins was one of the best hosts. There's some clips of him on yeah. uh, on YouTube. Yeah. He was great because he was he was like the he was like the birth of irony in some senses in my little head. And I've heard this from other people from my generation as well. Yeah. This is the guy who hosted a horror movie uh, show on Saturday nights and couldn't give a fuck less about horror movies. He just well, didn't care. He was out of Detroit, right? 
but originally, I think he might have been. He was from so, he was okay. somewhere else, but he also worked a lot. When he when he really got into TV, he was working at Sacramento and San, and um, San Francisco. There's a great mostly. associated story to this, which is one of my favorite tragic stories about the band Badfinger. Mm-hmm. Remember Badfinger? No. Oh, you remember Badfinger? No, I can't place it. Badfinger I probably was, know the was music Paul McCartney's first sort of big project. He was going to produce this band. You know a lot of their songs. Okay. I'll play a few in a minute. But but Badfinger yes, was this band, <laughs> and they were going to hit it big. And they had Breaking the, out his armpit, everybody. They had run. these great like, um, pop hits, and everyone, as soon as you hear one, you'd be like, oh, that's Badfinger. Mm-hmm. So so um, they got screwed by their American producer, and the, the, the guy behind the band, the big like genius guitar player, singer, hung himself in his barn. Oh. And so the rest of the band, sort of soldiered on and they're like we'll get a new guy and like oh my god and they were never quite the same and because they were never quite the same the bass player hung himself and so now you had a band where two of the surviving members you know the surviving members and then two of the replacements are replacements for guys who hung themselves and that band with the replacements for hung men was the house band for Creature Feature for a while really? yep Wow. Long story long. And that's when... <laughs> I mean, well, the big bobber's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, you really, that's interesting. Now, I, I will say this. I yeah. happen to know that, uh, uh, that I, I went to the memorial service for Bob Wilkins. He passed away. You went to the memorial service? Yeah, he passed away like nine years ago. Well, a memorial service. He was a, he was a celebrity oh, for like, people in my like satellite memorial service? <laughs> it was something like that. It was at a place called... It was, a, it was at, a, at a theater in Oakland, but, uh, um, but, one of the, but, uh, but he was like a celebrity. He was great. He died of Alzheimer's. Um, like I want to say, God, it might have, might have been yeah. seven to ten years ago. So Ooh, who said there. that? Oh, me. So um, the Wolfman, nineteen forty-one, scamp with Alzheimer's <laughs> with jokes. Luke. Boy, chick, never give those up. Let me oh, tell you. Oh, I know you. who else is in is in um, the Wolfman. Ralph Bellamy, who I've always found to be a creepy. Like mm-hmm. everyone likes him, I find him to be creepy. Long before Trading Places, by the way, uh-huh. this guy's always been a creepy fuck. He's he was in like um, that that uh, Irene Dunn, uh, The Awful Truth. He was in The Professionals. He was in like movies for seventy years, and uh-huh. I always found him to be a creep who didn't move his mouth when he talked. But that's a side <laughs> note. This nice. movie is Lon Chaney is the Wolfman essentially, which is to say, yeah. he is an uh, he's come back to where that's one of my favorite things about Scotland this movie. Or, or or Wales, well, yeah, sure. except except everyone speaks in an American yes. accent, except Claude Rains, who has a weirdly French accent, and one one gypsy, like one Romanian, the, the Romanian gypsies, you yeah. like, and one British guy who's like cartoonishly British, of course. So and Ralph, yeah, you're right. So so um, Lon Chaney comes back to his father. So Claude right. Rains is his father, and he father. couldn't be more of an American if he tried. Absolutely, he reminds you. If anyone knows our episode or has seen the Petrified Forest, he's Bose. Oh yeah, okay. So he comes back, and 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 Claude Rains is his father. But it's clear that like um, they announced that they've sort of you know been distant or estranged and right. Some way. And then immediately, hey, how's it going? <laughs> that shit's over with. I guess, but Claude Rains is still kind of a shithead, and yeah, to me, bit. he's a shithead to his son. But it's like. What I got out of it, and by the way, I'm going to say this: I actually did like the Wolfman, but but one of the failures of the Wolfman to me was Claude Rains sort of used the excuse of his character being distant from his son to just simply not act. Yeah, he just like said words throughout right. this movie. And I hate to point this out, and here's the thing: I love this movie. Yeah, I, I oh, want I that to be very clear up front. Yeah, yeah. But fuck, is it flawed? Oh yeah, because Lon Chaney Jr. Who knew he couldn't act at all? No. He was awful. As a person, 
Yeah. I mean, as a wolf man, he's Lon Chaney, but it's, he's, he's totally at his yeah. best when he's snarling. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And he's Bella a terrible Lugosi, fucking way, actor. He's in it, but he's only, huge too. Uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. But Bella Ghost is in it. Bella Ghost, of course, famous. Bella Ghost. Yeah. The Bella Ghost. Morphing addict, you know. Oh, the greatest. Yeah. Fuck. He's in there for 15 minutes. Yeah. And just for no reason, except that he's kind of an original werewolf. He's the werewolf who bites Lon Chaney Jr. and turns him into the werewolf. Wouldn't have mattered at all. Ah, but ah. No. I love, by the way, and I don't know. And it just looks, oh my God, there's, there's so no story many... to tell, by the way. We can just say things that happen, but we don't have to tell a chronological story. No, someone no, turns no, into no, a werewolf no, and then no. someone else does and then they kill someone. Well, the moment he comes in, by the way, Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, has been in America where he worked on uh, worked on like a telescope. Yep. And so he's like fixing a oh, telescope. On the, yeah. And he immediately, he's just like perusing the town for some woman to be yep. creepy as fuck to. And he is, like, and it's successful. Oh, no. It's clearly 1941 because yeah. his opening it's... line is like, I watched you through my telescope, <laughs> yeah, so it's... I know what you do swoon mm. swoon <laughs> yes mm. oh how, how oh huh. oh how the 40s and rape were great oh my god dude yeah that's that would bad. that would that would never have worked in a million years oh might have and by the way that weird fucking hairline he had too man what yes. the hell it's anyway. like a hair helmet i don't know i just but yeah no it was a incredibly flawed movie yeah it's almost like this it was, is not a good movie but i'm not saying i like it like because it's so bad it's good it's just sort of like it's, it's it's charming. Comforting. It's just charming, yeah. and it is comforting it is in its a, own sense. Yeah, yeah. It's not frightening. Uh, if, if, it, using my my scale for the last one, if this were seven days leading up to Halloween, this would be like day one. Just like oh, let's introduce ourselves to something get that's associated get, with Halloween. Get those with the Paramount. They're the Paramount the yeah, movie monsters. So. Get them out of the way on the day one. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Or Universal, I think maybe. You might be right. I could matter. be wrong on that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, just I want to do next year before. Creatures from the Black Lagoon. I'm promising you that one. But in the meantime, yeah, I want to do them next year. But we'll get we'll get to oh. all that. Sort of stuff. But okay, so so I mean, it's um, there's no use talking about cinematography. There's no use talking about acting. There's no use talking about plot line or music. <laughs> what just, works? I you know what it is. It's just this. If it's fun. To watch him as the Wolfman going, rah, rah, and then people being afraid and then dying. Yeah, there's also there's that one moment, and I remember this for, very much from like the first time I saw it, and then I yeah. got a little hint of it the last time I, when yeah. I when I rewatched it was the fact that the Wolfman was ultimately killed by his father. Ah. I, that was that kind of that kind of like that that, that 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 a little resonance with me. Well, you can only kill it brought a little pathos in at the end. That's kind of saved a lot of it. A little bit, yeah, I guess. Although the father had no emotional investment, so even after he kills him, he's like, oh, it looks like I killed him. Bummer. Hold my stick. <laughs> yeah. There's craft services here yet. Oh, craft. Yeah, I mean, you can only kill a wolf man, apparently, with a silver bullet. That's a legend. Or any silver. And, and of course, here it's a silver like handle. Or it's cane an absurd or it's ridiculous. cane handle, which he buys because he's trying to... God damn it. Okay, I got to tell you this part. He buys it. He's trying to impress the chick at the beginning. That he Yeah, she scoped. sells... She works at her father's shop selling. At an antique store yeah. or an odds and Store and yeah. he buys the cane. He buys the most hideous cane in the whole fucking thing. Yeah, with a wolf that's made out of silver. That's got like it. It was enormous fucking head to this cane. Wait, do you reject this then? No, I love this fucking movie. Oh, I thought it was gonna be a cane meeting. Oh no, sir, absolutely not. Hey, they should name a movie after that. You mm-hmm. suck a lot today. I kind of. So. Yeah. Um, anything else to say about this movie? Cane mutant. I like it. You love it. I do. Good choice. It's just in my heart. No, thank you for suggesting it. It was good. All right. So, moving on. Now, oddly enough, this is our last movie for the Halloween episode. Could have come from me or Joe. Yeah, honestly. I happened to I was it, going. You you got your picks in before I did, yep. and that's how this happened. Because this is... 1980s. The, the Changeling. Changeling. Not to be confused with 
Changeling, the Angelina Jolie movie, which, by the way, I think was better than most people gave it credit for. But no, The Changeling from 1980, oh, my friend. starring Mr. George, George C. Scott. That's good, Scott. And his weepy best. Yes, absolutely. He cries. Oh, my God. And a Melvin Douglas. I like Melvin Douglas in everything he does. Mm. HUD, The Candidate, Being There, mm. this movie, and then some other people I don't really know. Yeah, not, not really... George C. Scott is yeah. is the star is the star draw of this movie altogether, and, and it's a flawed movie in the production of the movie at times. In that, mm. at times, it comes across like a movie if you were our age that you would have seen on TV in the seventies with like kind of bad music shit lighting and it's a real lighting. shit lighting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the so it starts out. George C. Scott is you know is a, is a New York sort of like famous musician composer right. who's a sometimes educator, I suppose, and he's on vacation somewhere with his family, the Adirondacks, someplace where it snows. And has woods. He's in a station wagon. They get a flat tire or something. Mm-hmm. So he goes off to a phone booth that happens to be out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> middle of fucking nowhere. To, to go make a call. And as he looks around, he can see as if he's, you know, watching from the grassy knoll mm-hmm. the, these two cars coming to sort of smash his, his wife and their daughter. Yep. And which they do. They, they manage smash to them good. Boom. And now, by smashing. the way, that I, I just want to point out, is there any relevance to the rest of the movie relative to that scene? Yeah, because I think it has something to do with like what we were talking about with the haunting. It's that he becomes a vulnerable person. Okay. And in fact, okay. this will come up in a bit, like why the stuff is pointed toward him. Okay. okay, fair enough. Okay, yeah, so, so he so he, he moves. He, he moves to an, Seattle. He gets another yeah to the Seattle area. He gets yeah. a job. Uh, he he's trying at to university. restart up his life. Yeah, and he uh, he, he manages albums once in a while a lot. But, yeah, like a big pussy. Yeah, but he's come like, on. He's also like he's really Eddie. Like, you owe me money. Oh, good. George C. Scott reference. <laughs> I know, but a terrible impression. Any of it. So, but... so he manages to luck into this this enormous house that's mm-hmm. that should be well out of his price range, quite frankly. Maybe, but it is an amazing house. Yeah, it amazing. should be lived in. They say. Ah, my friend, Not it should be loved agrees, in. By the way, mm-hmm. including. The convenience store clerk. No, I'm kidding. That's from other movies. A mm-hmm. lot of them. Yeah. Any event. So, uh, so yeah, he moves into this house and things. He's basically starts bouncing up against poltergeist activities. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so he's he's sort of poltergeistian. Still, he's still grieving the if loss. You will. If his thank you, his um, his uh, daughter, wife and wife daughter, daughter, and he's at this house and. Um, uh, by the way, it's very clear even before stuff starts happening that there's a woman who works like for the city records or for the real estate agent. I can't remember who's sort of like, against anyone moving into this house. This right. old fucking cunt. Yeah. And so he's in the house. And and so one of the flaws immediately of the film, even though I like it, is that he starts hearing what he thinks immediately is something odd. He doesn't call it poltergeist, but it's like it's more than just the heater banging away. It gets more and more. But he approaches active. it like. Right. Like, huh, that must be a poltergeist. Let me do some research downtown. And it's sort of like, that was a little too easy, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. A right. little too easy. Yeah, he does fall Im- almost immediately into the haunted thing, and then yeah. eventually. And now, of course, as it goes on, he gets yeah. rewarded for that because the poltergeist activity starts getting heavier and heavier. It starts, the, the movie, one- like the first third uh, drags a little bit. Yeah. And it starts getting interesting to me when they bring in, it's a classic sort of film scene where they bring in like the the people with extrasensory perception to sort of right. like listen, you know, a seance. And, right. Well, for and, me, it picks up when he finds the the attic, the real oh, attic. That's, well, that's it. So it comes right after that. Yeah. So he, fi- he finds this hidden room in the attic um, that he didn't know about. And so really the, the movie is about, let me just sort of jump to the bigger picture of the mm-hmm. film, which is about 
um, him discovering that there was a child who once lived there that's kind of off the record, and the presence of a U.S. senator, Senator Carmichael, played by Melvin Douglas. Right, right. And so somehow these two lines, you know, I mean, I guess I don't have to give it away, but if you if you're listening at all, you'll you'll make the connection there between that mm-hmm. and and sort of like a dead child. But always like a, like the child who's been murdered, right? Right, like, murdered that's, child. That's my second Whose most... ghost is haunting the fuck out of this house. I'm not a huge ghost story person, but when it's like someone who's been wronged and they're the ghost, mm-hmm. as opposed to just someone who died and is a ghost... Like Michael Jackson with you. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good um, example. Okay, good. I'm glad that didn't come to a screeching. <laughs> <laughs> um, Continue, sir. <laughs> It's a train, and you just pulled the cord. So, um, so, so that's all sort of in the background, and and um, and then he's sort of going. He's already nuts, half nuts from grief. Yeah. And, but he wants to pursue it, and the woman, for some reason, the woman he's not exactly sleeping with, but who's the real estate he's, agent. He's, he's at least him. fingering. He's fingering, if not banging. Yeah, that's not a, not a bad. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So. Um, uh, uh, you you take over. Uh, you've completely. I can't remember anything now. It's scary. There's a <laughs> it's fucking scary thing, movie. There's a thing with a a, a toy it's ball a, that fucking the first time I saw it, it and every time I the, see those, it, uh, those uh, those well, stairs. I'm just gonna tell it. He fucking. He, it comes bouncing the stairs and he's like, "Fuck, I'm gonna get rid of this thing." He drives 20 miles away and throws it into a river. And when he comes home, it comes it's, bouncing on the stairs, wet. Yes, I, that always that scene always fucking. That's a great gets fucking me. scene. There's, there's a wheelchair. There's, there's great. It's, it's this is a movie uh, that unlike some no. really fucks around with its own atmosphere. Like yeah. it really gets the most out of that shit. It's so this, scary. this this you find this this room. It's cobwebbed. It got shut yep. one day and never opened again, and nothing got changed. And then right it's in the like fucking Tom's middle in the of it. <laughs> right in the fucking middle of it mm-hmm. is this great ham sandwich. Oh wait, wrong room. Um, is is <laughs> this child sized wheelchair like yes. an old style wheelchair? Yeah. And it's got cobwebs. Like it's just fucked up with cobwebs. Yeah. And that's the beginning of it. And you're like, oh, because like just the, seeing that right there would scare the shit out of you and make you move. Well, it becomes the right medium there. for him. Him seeing. The history, right? It begins. Well, it, it it gets his interest. He starts looking into it. The house was owned by the senator's no, family. No, I mean it becomes. It's that thing in the movie in horror movies where if you touch it, you see. Oh yeah, the yeah, actual, yeah. The actual right. history of the right. child's death, which is the child being drowned in a by bathtub by his father. But but so then it's also what's good about this film is it's not only a scary movie. It is it's actually a based, mystery. Yeah, there's a and mystery. And you have to figure quality. out like, why would the father do such a thing, and exactly. what does it have to do with the senator, right. who's this kind of this asshole Melvin Douglas, by the great mm-hmm. Melvin Douglas, um, and wh- how does it all connect? And, and by the way, um, George C. Scott, you've you've been through enough this year. Why don't you just fucking move back to New York? But no, he wants to stay and sort of work it out. And of course, it's the parallel to working out his own sort of um, right. PTSD over the, the loss of his daughter. And, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, and so and and at the end, like okay, so all the sins come home to roost. Like basically, yeah. uh, the 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 father drowned his son because the son was the was the head of the will, and all the money because it yeah. comes from a wealthy family was going to go to the son, but it would go away altogether yeah. if the son died, and the son was sickly and going to die, so he killed him. Yeah, moved to Europe, got another kid out of an orphanage, and raised that kid who went on to become the senator. He's the changeling in the in the title of the movie. Ah, and thus. Uh, and that's when he when he has his uh, you know when, at, at the end it all comes to it all all the debts get paid at the end yeah. comes together the house goes up uh, goes up shining style yeah 
God damn, it's I love one, that movie. It's, it's one, one of, of my the movies, favorite horror movies. It's one of my. It's one of those movies that even though, like, I gotta say, like at this point in my life, it's it's rare that a horror movie actually scares me. Right, it still does. I've seen it before <coughs> and it scares me. Yeah, and this movie, even even when I'm not scared by it, I'm still mm-hmm. drawn to it. It's very compelling. Mm-hmm. It's well done. Good movie. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I do too. One of my favorites. All right, so. Um, Ooh. So I even catadids are supposed by some to dream. Isn't it catadids? I do not know. I wanted Just to correct you earlier, and I forgot to. Oh my That's god! My, what, my what, worst what, dream. What have I'm they so done to my Joe mom? <laughs> so so look, happy Halloween, number one. Happy Halloween. To happy me. Halloween to have all a of you. Fucking scary day. Trump's still president. <laughs> Fuck you. That's too much. Um, in a minute. Tom's going to sort of run us through our usual business, but I just want to say this before we end this episode. Stay tuned, because we've added a special segment to the end of this episode, and it's a segment we're currently calling The Finleys Assign Two Teenage Girls Who Like to Roll Their Eyes a Lot to watch a classic film and then comment on it. I'm we, working on a shorter title. We workshop that title. Let me tell you, that's the best one comes up. But we, Good we, there's an interview with, with my uh, teenage granddaughters um, regarding a horror film. And if you keep listening after the business section here. Two teens, one eye roll. Two yeah. Okay. No. All right. Anyways, let's get move on with the <laughs> final that, the final business here. All right. Uh, we are the Finleys on film. Go yeah. check us out. Join us uh, on uh, join us on our website. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter for sure. Yep. Check us out on Facebook. We're even there. Could you believe it? Because we're old fellas. Tom's Go a stand up ch- co- comedian, uh, a comic. Uh, Go to his website, which is. TomSmithComedy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph is a poet. Go to uh, go find his book on uh, Amazon. Called the uh, book is called uh, Living with Noise. That's right. Uh, also join us on uh, iTunes and give us a if your name isn't Anthony, please give us a rating. That's right. And uh, maybe a little review, a little comment action. Listen, actually, hey, we're on Patreon. We could use the shekels. This episode comes first, and that's an interesting. So so people will be looking out for the Anthony reference for the next next episode, the Jack oh, Lemon one. But it comes first. It does. We could put him in any fucking... Any, no, we can't. He's a douchebag. Yeah, you ruined that. Uh, you ruined You ruiner. ruined everything. You ruined... You're like a writer in The Hobbit. A ruiner. The turkey. And then also here at Fresno City College in Fresno, sometimes we think... Yeah, I thought I'd mention that. In, uh, we're thinking November, oh, right? Early November, we're yeah. going to be doing a uh, political uh, satire uh, show about... Which I'll be moderating. That, ...that will have political satire and be about political satire. And hopefully we're time. thinking that Will Durst will be part of it. Looks like Will is definitely uh, definitely on the tag for that. Yep. So look forward to that. And is that it? I believe so. All right, so stay tuned. Don't turn us what off yet. What more could they want, boy chick? We have that episode with the two teenage girls. Woo! There. Okay, so lean in like that. Go ahead, say something to me. Hello. Okay, so project at least that loud. And how about you? Bring it to your mouth. Hello. So you're going to want it so you don't have to like lean in because you're going to forget to lean in. You'll start talking. It'll be like this. So it should be like this. Is bring, it fine? Yeah, no, bring it closer. Oh. You can, like, you can get right on the mic like this. Uh. <laughs> okay, no worries about it. Do you want me to lower that mic? Oh, yeah. It's like right on my nose. I don't know if I can do this. You could totally do it. I'm don't scared. worry. Nobody. Thank you. <laughs> Does anybody listen to your stuff? Nobody listens, so don't worry. Oh, it's total. I mean, wait. It's are you sure? Literally less than fifty people each episode listen. 
Less than what? Less than 50. <laughs> 50 people. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Yeah, but none of them know you. No, no. And, and none of them like me or Tom, so they're going to like you more than us. They don't like you guys? No, they oh. don't. Like we already got hate emails. <gasps> really? Yeah. Like racist ones? Against <laughs> white people like me and Tom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen, Whitey. Listen, Cracker. We've had enough of your talk. Um, okay. Yeah, so, so this is, um, this is a, sort of a, a small segment that we're doing. What we're doing is we're just adding, we have our regular episodes and we're adding small segments to them, like five or ten minute segments. And Tom and I thought of one, and we don't have a name for it yet, but it's something like... Um, we're called the Finleys on Film, right? That's that's our our podcast, and it's the Finleys um, assign two teenage girls who roll their eyes a lot to review a classic film. That's our working title, but I think that that's kind of too long. Can you guys think of one that's better? Hmm. Oh, I should introduce, by the way, um, before we go any further, that the two teenage girls that I have in studio today are my granddaughters, like step granddaughters, which is why they'll refer to me not as grandpa but as Joseph yeah. if they do. And that's Zoe, who's 14, and Novali, who's 17. So Zoe, introduce yourself. Just say hi. Hi. That's her. That's Zoe, who's 14. And Novali's about to say hi, and she's 17. Hello. Yeah, very good. Good start, ladies. So um, just vaguely speaking, like broadly speaking here, I was thinking about things that used to scare me when I was your age and things that scare me now. And so what type of things scare you in general? Like I think, Zoe, you and I have had a conversation before about ghosts, like, what's the ranking? Like, what things don't scare you and what things do scare you? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it, you're, you're afraid of ghosts, though, right? Yeah. Okay, but, but not zombies? No. And do you feel the same way, Novali? Yeah. Okay, so why ghosts and not zombies? Because you can't kill ghosts. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can't kill them at all. Yeah, but they also seem mostly kind of harmless. Like, woo! Demons? Like, well, the demonic demons. ones. Excellent. Demons. How about like um, real life things? Are there things in real life where you've been scared or someone's really scared the shit out of you? When people pop out? Yeah. When people pop out? And like, they're like Halloween? Yeah. Well, like, okay, so years ago, when I was in high school years ago, I had this, this friend, Peter Newfeld, And um, he, uh, he and I used to hang out with some other friends. And so I had this dream. When I was in high school, I had this dream one night. And the dream was that I was trying to tell Peter Newfeld to get off the railroad tracks because there was a train coming. He wouldn't listen. You know in a dream when things just don't make sense? Like they can hear you, but they're just doing their own thing. So I'm like, Peter, get off the tracks, Peter. He's not listening, not listening. And, and the train comes, and after the train is gone, all I see is a pair of Peter's boots on the track. And I'm like, oh, no. So then, in, <laughs> so then cut to real life. In real life, I was with my neighbor, Mike, and we went to the graveyard because we used to smoke cigarettes at the graveyard because that was the 80s and we were stupid. So we went to the graveyard and I was telling my friend Mike, we went over to some like headstones, some tombstone, and we're like sitting on this tombstone smoking cigarettes. And I'm like, oh, such a weird dream, you know. My friend Peter Newfeld got run over by a train. And he goes, oh, that's really weird. And then we got up to sort of walk away and the gravestone, do you know where this is going? Says it Peter? It, it said Peter Newfeld, first oh, and no. last name. Of the guy I'd had the dream about. Why? So do you guys have any experiences, like things that have scared you where you've been like, what no, the heck? that sounds like a movie scene. Yeah. Do you think I stole it from a movie? Yeah. yeah. I didn't, but that's okay that you have no faith in me. <laughs> so what about movies? Now, let's start talking actual movies. What movies would you say you've watched that you've really been scared by, and which ones have not worked at all? Um, I, don't, I don't know. 
There's... Well, what about the conjuring? Like, did you feel... Oh. That was kind of scary. There was parts that were scary, and then there was parts that would make me laugh. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're okay with laughing at, at failed attempts to be scary? Yeah. Um, okay, well, so then let's get to, to the actual classic movie, because that's what Tom and I talk about all the time, at classic films. And, and so the film we assigned you guys to watch, but I had the pleasure of watching it with you, was Romero's 19... 19- 68 classic night of the living dead so talk to me about your feelings about this film like was it scary to you no not at all no now did it hurt that it was in black and white did that make it less scary automatically Mm. uh no no so you could see a movie that's scary in black and white probably Probably, yeah yeah. well i mean in in a weird way this movie was really about one smart black guy and a ton of stupid white people yeah. Is that too close to real life, and that's why it didn't scare you? Mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. What about the zombies themselves? Did you find them frightening? No, no. not why really. Not? They were slow. Yeah. Oh, stupid. So zombi- <laughs> but all zombies are slow. What about the zombies on The Walking Dead? They're more. Well, They're, I mean, the. I think it's because it's in color and you could see everything. Like the blood and the gore. Yeah. It, yeah, but the one, the one that we watched, it was the zombies knew what they were doing, so it didn't really. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. It, we, oh, what do you mean they knew what they were doing? They were, you know, smashing things with bricks. And, like, in The Walking Dead, they don't know anything. They just walk toward you. Yeah. And in this one, they were like, I'll pick up a crowbar or whatever it is. And, like, yeah. Yeah, sort and, of, you know, real, real zombies aren't afraid of anything. So, in a way, because <laughs> they had brains or had some intelligence, it, it made them less scary because it's like you're more scared by things that are mindless. Like, I'm really afraid, like, the movies that terrify me are the ones where someone's going to do something to you, like, torture you, like, saw, right? Oh. And they don't care what you say. There's, yeah. You can't appeal to them, and they're just like, Whoosh. So, to me, I agree that, like, the stupider, like, your tormentor is, or, or monster, the worse it is. And these people, these zombies had brains. Yeah. They're more human-like, and it wasn't that scary. Yeah. What, what, what did you think of, of the... Um, the um like the other characters because there was okay so like this woman gets to this house right and her brother's been sort of attacked by a zombie so she's like and she runs to this house and there's this guy the one non-white person the black guy Mm -hmm. i forget the actor's name but but he's in the house with her and he starts taking care of business but each new person they run into has a sort of character so there's, there's this bald guy who's been hiding in the basement with his wife and daughter there's this other sort of couple did you like any of the other people who were in the house I, the young couple? Yeah. I like them. Yeah, I like them too. Yeah? Did did you feel sorry for them? When I'm, not, they died. I'm not giving anything away because we don't know. They may have died to anyone who hasn't seen it. But, but if they had died, would you feel bad for them? Yeah. Yeah, because they were the only. Yeah, they were the only. He was sacrificing himself for the whole, the whole team that was there. Yeah. And he was like the youngest. Okay. This makes sense. Um, so, and then what about the music? Did you find the music scary? No, it just made everything obvious. Oh, okay. So you want like less music and just to come into the last minute. Yeah. Okay. Um, if there were a film that you could recommend to our listeners, which are in the thousands at this point, um, would, what would you recommend? It doesn't have to be classic. I'm only kidding. No one listens to us. A scary yeah, yes, something that would really scare us. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really watch scary movies. What about it? 
Did you find that to be scary or more entertaining in another way? It was, there was parts where like they would jump out and really scare you, but there's other parts where it was like a feel good movie. Oh, kind yeah? Of, yeah. Okay. And Novali, you only watch like Reese Witherspoon <laughs> romance movies, right? So you have yeah. no recommendations? Mm-mm. Okay, well, ladies, thank you so much for your time. It's been a, a, a real insight to see how the youth feel about um, a classic movie, a classic horror movie. And it sounds like you're giving it not like a full thumbs down, but kind of a sort of to the thumbs down. Yeah. Not very scary, a little predictable. The zombies are too smart. Anything else? The actors weren't that great. Yeah. They were not believable. Yeah. No. Too hysterical. Yeah, the main girl was like, yeah. did it. Really, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's... An, I forgot this other scary experience I wanted to talk about. Um, one time I went into this room oh. that the people um, who lived in that room said was clean. <laughs> and then I opened the door and I was like, ah! It totally wasn't clean. Yeah, I feel that way sometimes when I go into your room to get some um, thing from the bathroom. Well, that's like, all dang. the time we have, um, Novali. I'm sorry to say. We're running out of time. <laughs> so thank you for joining Sandwiches. us. Sandwiches. <laughs> Cheese. cheese under your bed one time <laughs> one time i had a piece of cheese under my bed i was hungry that's fair ladies that's fair okay well zoe thank you for joining us Novely, thank you for joining us um we're the finley's on film with special guests um zoe Patton and Novely vasquez bye ladies bye, bye.